your Bibles tonight and turn to Hebrews chapter 11 if we could. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we'll be tonight. We looked this morning, we began to look at the six verses that are given to Moses. You know, in, the, in Hebrews 11, we have many different names, but most of them only get one verse. There are two individuals in the book of Hebrews who get multiple verses. That would be Abraham and then Moses. Moses is given six verses here in Hebrews chapter 11. We looked at verses 24, 25, and 26 this morning. We said if Moses were able to be here with us and speak to us, he would say, trust me, you would rather. You would rather refuse their riches and you would rather choose my Christ. You would rather refuse their riches, the riches of Egypt. We know Egypt is a picture of the world. And you would rather choose my Christ. The next three verses all speak to what we're going to begin to look at tonight. But we're going to take verses 27, 28, and 29. We're going to take them verse by verse. And so tonight we're going to look at verse number 27. Then we're going to go back to Exodus chapter number 3 tonight. But let me read verse number 27 for you tonight. The Bible says, By faith, we know from the very first verse in Hebrews 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, how do we get faith? We mentioned it this morning. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If your faith is small tonight, what do we need? If my faith is small tonight, if my faith is weak, what do I need? I need more of God's Word. I need to hear from God's Word. And the more I hear from God's Word and the more I see in God's Word and the more promises I see proven out in God's Word, it strengthens my faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so the Bible says, By faith he, speaking of Moses, forsook Egypt. How did he do it? By faith. Not fearing the wrath of the king. Okay? How did he not fear? By faith. Not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured, how did he endure? By faith, as seeing him who is invisible. Now I want you to take your Bibles and go to Exodus chapter number 3. How did Moses endure? How did Moses not fear? Well, he did that by faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in God's Word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Exodus chapter number 3. This is where we have the burning bush moment. So let's begin in verse number 1. Now I want to give you one word. We're going to get down to it here in just a moment. And I want to speak on that one word tonight. And we'll see it as we get down further into Exodus chapter number 3. Because Moses is no different than we are today. We we say it all the time, but we get this idea in our minds that Abraham and Moses and Joseph, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, we think those individuals, Joseph and Sarah and uh, Abel 
and Enoch, we think all of those individuals, well, they're, they're on a higher plane than we are. Okay, they might be, but the only reason is, is that we're not having faith. They, they weren't any different than we are. They were individuals. They were flesh just like we are. What might be the difference? They had faith. They had faith in what God said He was going to do. We can have that same faith today. They had courage to live for God and to serve God. They had faith in God's promises. And I know I, we say this all the time, and you may be tired of the repetition, but courage... Anybody can have courage. You don't have to be 6'5 and 250 pounds and, and full of muscles to have courage. Courage as a Christian or for a Christian is faith in God's promises. That is courage. And these individuals in Hebrews chapter 11 had faith. Well, they have faith in God's Word. They had faith in what God had promised them. So, what do we have faith in? God's Word. It's not a blind faith. It's God's Word. It's what He has promised. It's what He has said. It's what He has assured us of. Exodus chapter number 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock. This is his, that middle 40 years when he's in the desert there in Midian after he has fled Egypt after the first 40 years. He's getting ready to enter into that last 40 years when he's going to go to Egypt. And he's going to lead his people out of Egypt. And the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. By the way, the, the burning bush, a great picture of the nation of Israel, they, they, they are persecuted and they're oppressed, but they're never destroyed. Never destroyed. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called on him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. By the way, we're going to see this several times in Exodus chapter number 3. That phrase, the God of thy father. He said, I am the God of thy father. Who was his father? Who was Moses' father? Amram. I believe that's who he's talking about there. And then he's going to continue on and he says, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Hey Moses, I'm the same God that your father served. I'm the same God that your, that, that, that your mother, Jochebed, served. I'm the same God that they had faith in, that, that because of their faith, they're in Hebrews 11. Now, now Moses didn't know that they were going to end up in Hebrews chapter 11, did he? See, here's the truth. We, we, get to see, we get to see the result and the end result. We get to see what happened. We get to see that Moses, yeah, he had great faith, and yeah, God worked, and God led him out of Israel, and God brought him through the Red Sea. We get to see the end result of that. But they didn't know that. Right? Are you with me? They didn't know what was going to happen, but they had faith in the God who told them to do what they were supposed to do. He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And by the way, I serve the same father to, or the same God today that my great-grandfather served, that my grandfather served, that my daddy served. I serve the same God today. 
By the way, so do you. I serve the same God that men and women who started the church 75 years ago served. The Bible says that Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land or excuse me, out of that land into a good land and a large into a land flowing with milk and honey into the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the, Amor- excuse me, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said unto God, Who am I? Moses begins to question a little bit and he begins to ask questions. Moses said, who am I? By the way, Moses knew who he was. We saw it without any question this morning. Moses knew before he went to the backside of the desert. Moses knew when he killed that Egyptian man and hit him and buried him in the sand. By the way, my daughter came up to me this morning. Kind of, kind of makes, makes me wonder a little bit. She said, Daddy, have you ever thought how hard it would have been to bury a man in the sand? Should I be scared? But then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you're right. Sand just keeps going back down, doesn't it? But anyway, he buried the man in the sand. And then he flees. But Moses, at that moment, the Bible told us in Acts chapter number 7, that he thought his brethren would have understood, I'm the deliverer. I'm the one that's going to take us out of Egypt. But they didn't know that yet because it wasn't time yet. Moses knew who he was. But he says in verse number 11, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. you ever think that? you ever ask yourself that? Who am I? God, who am I that you would bless me in such a way? God, who am I that you would place me in a certain place and place me in a certain family and with certain children and a wife or a husband? Lord, who am I? But I want you to notice what he says in verse number 12. And the Lord responds to him. And he said, what's the next word? There's your word tonight. What does the word certainly mean? It means without a doubt. It means without a doubt. And for the next few moments, I want to speak on that subject. One word, certainly. Certainly. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty seven that Moses by faith forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. It says that he endured. How did he do that? How, how did he not go and stand? We're not going to look at all this tonight by any stretch of the imagination, but how did he go stand before Pharaoh time after time and say, Pharaoh, let my people go? Let my people go three days' journey into the wilderness. Pharaoh would come back and say, Well, you know, you, you, you just, just the men go. 
Moses said, nope, everybody's going. Everything's going. Then he would come back and say, well, j- just, just the men and, and, and maybe the ladies. Don't, don't take the children. No, no, no. Everybody's going. How did Moses go stand before Pharaoh? Now, the Bible tells us that the old Pharaoh had died, the one that was seeking his life because he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. But do you think maybe, just maybe, that some of the people still knew who Moses was? I mean, it had only been 40 years. And how did he walk back in that palace and stand before Pharaoh, the mighty Pharaoh, and say, Pharaoh, my Lord sent me. And what did Pharaoh say? I don't know your Lord. Who is the Lord? Bad question. Bad question because he's getting ready to show you who he is. After 10 plagues, you're going to know who he is. Who is the Lord? I don't know your Lord. Moses said, my Lord told me to tell you, let my people go. How did he do that? Certainly. So how do we do what we do? Because God says, certainly I'll be with thee. He says in Hebrews 13, I'll never leave thee, nor what? Forsake thee. He says, I'll be with thee. And so for the next few moments, let's look at this word. And we're going to look through Exodus chapter number 3. And we're going to see the certainty of five... These are five words we know very well. We, we use them in outlines many, many times. But I want us to see in Exodus chapter number 3, the certainty that God gives us. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king... For he endured, notice this, as seeing him who is invisible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You've never seen Jesus Christ. I've never seen Jesus Christ face to face. But every single one of us have seen Him manifested time and time and time again. We have seen seen Him proven over and over and over again. We've seen Him in our lives. And by the way, if you haven't and you're a child of God, what's the problem? If you're a child of God, you ought to see Jesus Christ working in your life constantly. Answering prayers, teaching you and communing with you on a daily basis. Jesus Christ isn't just some nebulous thought. He's a person. He's a person who died to save us. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He's my intercessor. He's my high priest, Hebrews 4 says. And He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us daily. That's who He is. That's who Jesus Christ is. And He will certainly be with us. How do we walk the same way Moses did? By faith. How do we endure? How do we not fear the wrath, whether it's a king or anybody else? By faith. Because of His promises. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help. We'll get right into the outline tonight. Father, we love You tonight. We're so grateful for Your promises. We're grateful for Your Word tonight. We're grateful for the example of Moses, for the man Moses who, by faith, by faith, he he refused and he chose. By faith, he forsook. And Father, may you encourage our hearts tonight as believers. We we can have that, that same faith, that same courage tonight 
because we serve the same God. And Father, we're so grateful for that tonight. Help us in these next few moments. We commit them to you. Father, I do pray if there would be one here tonight. Father, I know the message isn't necessarily a salvation message tonight. But Father, if there's one here tonight who in their heart, they know they're not ready for eternity. They've never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save them. And if death were to take them tonight, they have no confidence that heaven would be their home. Father, if there's one like that here tonight, I pray that they would see their need and tonight they would be gloriously saved. Father, we, we commit that to you. We know that it's your will that people be saved. And Father, we ask for that tonight. Help us in these next few moments and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, I want us to see the certainty of His presence. The certainty of His presence. That's what we find in verse number 12. He says, and He says, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth a people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Number one, we see the certainty of His presence. I, I don't want to bear down on this point. Brother Dallas preached almost pretty much a whole message last week on the presence of God but the certainty of His presence. How can we walk through dark valleys? How can we walk through dark times? By the way, how do we walk through good times? If you want to walk with God during the dark times, you better walk with Him during the good times. If, if, if you want that presence when, when the valley of the shadow comes, then you walk with Him when you're on the mountaintop. You see, the problem is as human beings, as flesh, we, we, we get... We're prone to wander, as the song says. We're prone to get complacent. We're prone to say, everything's good. I don't need God right now. That's exactly when we need Him. We need Him every moment, every single day, whether good things are perceived to be good or things are perceived to be bad. We need Him every moment. We see the certainty of His presence. Number two, we see the certainty of His person. Notice, if you would, verse number 13. Moses asked two questions. He says, who am I? He asked a question regarding his ability. I'm nothing. And then he asked a question regarding authority. In verse 13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. There's, there's that phrase again, the God of your fathers. The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? First of all, the certainty of his presence. He said, Certainly I will be with thee. Secondly, the certainty of his person. In verse number 14, we have the certainty of his person. We have that grand name, the, the name Yahweh, the name Jehovah. Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ of the New Testament. And in verse number 14, God answers him. Moses said, Okay, when I go back to the people... And they ask, who sent you? Who gave you authority to do this? Why should we even listen to you? And God answers and God tells him. And God said unto Moses in verse number 14, I am that I am. Let me ask you, are all of those words capitalized in your Bible? They ought to be because they're speaking of Jehovah. That's His wonderful name. That's the covenant name that the nation of Israel knew Him by. And He says, I am that I am. And He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. We see the certainty of His person. And He answers the question of ability and authority. He says, Moses, who are you? Uh, who, who am I? If you go and they say, who sent you? Here's the answer. I am that I am. The certainty of His person. Now listen, we love it when we have the presence of other individuals with us. But I'm going to tell you what, it makes a difference who they are. There's a certainty of His presence. And that means something because of who He is, His person. I am 
that I am. I need Him every day. I'm thankful. Look, I'm thankful I get to walk through this life with my wife. And I'm thankful that almost on a daily basis, we're, to, we're together a lot. And I'm thankful for that. By the way, let me say this. I don't ever get tired of being with her. Oh, I, just, I just need a weekend away from my husband. Now, I don't know your husband. Maybe you need a weekend away from your husband. But I'm thinking, maybe my wife thinks this. She just never says it. But I'm thankful we don't have that kind of relationship. We love each other's presence. And I'm thankful for the person she is. But I'm going to tell you what, we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember, I think I've told this story before, but my brother and I, we were out coon hunting one night back in the back, um, um, back in our back pasture. There was a wooded area, big wooded area back at the back of our pasture. We were coon hunting one night and my brother's dog treed what we thought was a coon. And it was right in the edge of... Uh, of the woods where the woods started. And in that area, there was a lot of brush, just a lot of brush right at the edge of the woods. And so we hear the dogs barking, and, and we can tell. You can always tell when, when a hound is treed the way he barks. And so we're, we're headed toward the bark, and we're, we're headed to where he's at. Well, we get up there, and, and my brother's kind of shining. He can't see the dogs because the dogs are in this thicket. They're in this brush. It's about 10 o'clock at night. It's good and dark. And we heard the noise. It wasn't a coon. That dog had treated a bobcat. And I heard it squeal. I went to the house. (laughs) I told my brother, I said, I'm going home. I can see, I turned, I could see the lights of the house. I'm going to the house. Because you know who's at the house? Mom and daddy are at the house. I don't trust you to protect me. You'll throw me to that bobcat. You'll push me so that the bobcat will get me first. And so I went home. Listen, I'm thankful. And there are times I'm thankful for the presence of my brother. But in that situation, I wanted a different person. In that situation, I said, bye, I hope you get the dog, but I'm going home. Grab that dog, leave the bobcat, let's go home. And I went to the house and left him. He got the dog. He came home. He was okay. But listen, we have the certainty of His presence. And that means something because of who He is. The certainty of His person. Verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Look, this just I understand. Boy, the devil is, is, is so crafty today. We live in a day where, where even in Christian circles, we try to make God be something that He's not. We have brought God down to our level. We've tried to make God just somebody that, 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 that we go to the gym with or, or God forbid that we go to the bar with. He's just our buddy. No, no, no. He's high and lifted up. He's a holy God, thrice holy God. That's why it means something. That, that's why Moses could stand before the Pharaoh because he's serving the almighty holy God. And he said, if they ask you who sent me or who sent you, you tell them the I am that I am. Number one tonight, we see the certainty of His presence. He said, I will be with thee. Number two, we see the certainty of His person. He said, I am that I am. Number three tonight, we see the certainty of His power. Look at verse number 16 if you would. Actually, let's just go ahead and read verse 15. And God said, moreover, unto Moses... 
Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God, here we go again, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Notice verse 16, Go and gather the elders of Israel together, and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said... I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. They shall hearken to thy voice and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And now let us go. We beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Well, that just helps me out. God, we're doing good until there. God, I'm pumped up and ready to go. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Okay, then why am I going? I'm sure that he will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And then verse 20. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, He will let you go. Number one, the certainty of His presence. Number two, the certainty of His person. Number three, the certainty of His power. Hold your place here. We're going to come right back and take your Bibles and go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, just real quickly. Psalm 78. The certainty of His power. We see the certainty of His presence. He said, I will be with thee. We see the certainty of His person. He said, I am that I am. He is Almighty God. He is Jehovah. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We see the certainty of His power. In Psalm 78, now this isn't the the same story, but look if you would in uh, verse number 19. Psalm 78, verse number 19. The Bible says, yea, they spake against God. Here in Psalm 78, they're rehearsing the history of the nation of Israel. Yea, they spake against God. They said, what's the word there? Can. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? By the way, can He? Sure He can. But the Bible says in verse 18, they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Now we give the nation of Israel a hard time for how they acted toward their God. But dear friends tonight, we do the same thing sometimes. Situations come in our lives and hard situations and, and, and sometimes whether maybe it's financial or maybe it's physical here they, they want some food and situations come in our lives and we may not ever say it but in our heart we're thinking I don't know how this is going to turn out and you know what we're saying I don't know if God can take care of this one and we would never say that would we but sometimes in my actions I say it can God Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Certainly He can. Definitely He can. 
Without a doubt He can. And in Exodus chapter number 3, He begins to tell Moses in verse number 16, He said, look, I'm going to come. I know Pharaoh's not going to let you know. I know what his answer is going to be. His answer is going to be no and no and no and no. He said, but I'm going to stretch out my hand. I'm going to stretch out my mighty hand against him and he's going to let you go. And I have more power than he does. We mentioned this just a moment ago, but look at, look at chapter 5 real quickly. In chapter 5, they go into Pharaoh, and afterward, verse 1, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey His voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. He's going to know who the Lord is before it's all said and done. And before it's all said and done, God Almighty, using Moses and Aaron, God Almighty is going to bring the nation of Egypt to His knees. We've, we've said that several times already. The certainty of His power. So here's the question for us tonight. What are you dealing with tonight that you need the power of God? Do you have a bill that you don't think you can pay? He's powerful. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can He send you a check in the mail? I'm not saying He will, but can He? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I was listening to a message about a week ago and the preacher was, he was talking about when he was growing up and his dad was a preacher and his dad was bivocational and he didn't, he didn't take a, a salary from the church. He just, uh, if there was anything extra after the offerings came in, if there was anything extra after they paid all the bills, then the extra went to the pastor. And so he lived off of what he made with his other job and then he would get anything that was left over from the church. And, and there was a time, he said, boy, we were just in great need. And, and, and that Sunday night, the men got together. He said, I remember remember it? He said, the men got together and I'm there with my dad and, and, and the, the, the two deacons were together and they're counting the money. He said, I saw the look on my mom and dad's face when the two men just kind of looked at my dad and just shook their head. And what that meant was the offerings are just enough to cover the bills. There's no extra. He said, I remember we went home that night. He said, I remember listening through my bedroom wall. My bedroom was next to my mom and dad's wall. He said, I remember listening through the wall in my bedroom and I could hear my mom and dad praying and they were praying and they were praying and they were asking God to provide and they were saying, God, you know what we need. God, you know the needs that we have. God, we need you to provide. He said the next day his dad went into town. He had to go into town to check the mail. Everybody's mail came into the post office there at town. They lived in a, on a rural route and they didn't deliver. And he went into town. He said he came back and he came through the door and he was excited and he was shouting. He was holding an envelope in his hand. And he said, honey, he said, you're never going to believe this. He said, I checked the mail today and in the envelope, two $100 bills and he said, my mom and daddy were, were shouting and hugging each other. And he says, sweetie, but here's the wonderful thing. He said, we prayed for this last night. He said, God mailed it on Friday. We prayed for this last night. God mailed it Friday. God knows your needs and my needs better than we do. We go to God and we say, God, I need this and I need this and I need this. And God says, Maybe, but I know your needs better than, I, than you do. It's the certainty of His power. What need do you have tonight? 
that you need the power of God to be exercised in your life. He says, certainly, without a doubt, I'll be with thee. The certainty of His presence, of His person, of His power. Number four, the certainty of His provision. Verse number 21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. It shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, and her, excuse me, enough her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. You know, the nation of Israel, they were slaves, were they not? That's what they were. They were slaves in Egypt. After, after the Pharaoh that knew Joseph, after he died, he began to make Israel, they, they began to become slaves. He was scared of them. We saw that Wednesday night. He was scared of the nation of Israel. He, he was scared that they would get too large. And, and if another country came against them and warred against them, that the people of Israel would join with them. And he was scared of them. They were slaves. But they went out when they left Israel, or excuse me, Egypt, in Exodus chapter 12. When they left Israel, they went out with much spoil. They went out with gold and silver. They went out with cattle. Why? Because of the certainty of his provision. He has the power to provide. Now let me say this tonight. We ought not presume and assume upon the provision of God. We ought not live like the devil for six months and things start to get bad and God begins to chasten and then expect God to give us a check in the mail. Now, he might because he's merciful. But we ought not expect that. Because he expects his children to have some manners. And he expects his children to live a certain way. Look, my daddy expected my brother and I, we bore the smart name and he had some expectations for us. We bear the name of the King of Kings. We bear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has expectations for us. We live in a day of low expectations and that's hurt Christianity. That's hurt us because we have become low expectation people. God doesn't expect us to be mediocre. He expects us to be excellent. The Bible speaks in the book of Daniel. It gives one overriding characteristic of the man Daniel. You know what it was? He had an excellent spirit. God has an expectation for us tonight. Don't assume and presume upon the goodness of God, upon His provision. But we see the certainty of His provision. And then lastly tonight, we see the certainty of His promise. Look back at verse number 12, if you would. The certainty of His presence. The certainty of His person. The certainty of His power. The certainty of His provision. And number five tonight, the certainty of His promise. Notice verse 12 again, and He says, Certainly I will be with thee. Now, by the way, that's a promise, is it not? 
Is it? Sure it is. And this shall be a token unto thee. What's a token? It's a sign. He said, not only am I going to give you this promise, certainly I will be with thee, but I'm going to prove to you how I'm going to be with you. I'm going to prove to you that I'm the one that's with you. He says, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. What is the mountain again? We read it at the beginning of Exodus. Mount Horeb. Let's turn to a couple passages and we'll be done tonight real quickly. Look if you would. Actually, let's just look at one. First Kings. First Kings chapter number 8. The certainty of His promise. First Kings chapter number 8 and verse number 9. The Bible says there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at where? At Horeb. What's he talking about? The two stones. The Ten Commandments. What did he promise him in verse number 12 of Exodus 3? This is going to be a token. By the way, this isn't the only verse we could turn to tonight. He said this is going to be a token. When I bring you out, you're going to worship on this very mountain. Hey, Moses, the mountain where you have just seen the burning bush, the mountain where I've spoke to you, the mountain where I've commissioned you to go and to deliver the nation of Israel, my people from the hand of the Egyptians, this is the token, this is the sign. You're going to worship on this very mountain. It says, and they drew out, or excuse me, there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Certainty of His promise. Certainly. How did Moses endure? How did Moses not fear the king? Because he had faith in the one who was invisible. He had faith in the message at the burning bush. He had faith in the message that God had given him really many years before that he was going to be the deliverer. God said, certainly, without a doubt, I will be with thee. So what are you going through tonight? What is it tonight that you need the certainty of his presence? What is it tonight that you need the certainty of his person? You know, i got a good family. They're helping me out. They're helping me through this situation. But I'm thankful that God Almighty is going with me through this. What is it tonight that you need the certainty of His power? Hey, Moses, you're going to go. You're going to say, let my people go. He's not going to let you go, but He's going to see who I am. I'm going to prove myself to Him, and then He's going to let you go. I'm more powerful than Pharaoh could ever think. By the way, and he, He... Every single plague struck at one of the Egyptian gods. Every single one of them. Okay, you want to serve this God? I'm stronger than that God. You want to serve the sun God? You want to serve Ra? I'm I'm stronger than him. Every single plague 
So what are you going through that you need the certainty of God's power tonight? What are you going through that you need the certainty of His provision tonight? What are you going through tonight that you need to trust the certainty of His promises tonight? Let me ask you, are you saved tonight? If you're not, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's Word. Is God a liar? No. So if God said it, it's true. And if God said it, it's a promise. And it's a promise that we can trust in without a doubt. And if you are here tonight and you've called upon the name of the Lord to save you, then you don't need to doubt. If with a genuine heart you have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, stop allowing the devil to cause you to doubt. Because God is true. He's not a man that He should lie. He always tells the truth. The certainty of His promise. And I'm thankful tonight, whatever the situation that God Almighty has told me and has told every single person in here tonight, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And He's given us promises in His Word. Some of the promises in the Bible aren't necessarily for us. Some are for the nation of Israel. We understand that tonight. We sing a song, every promise in the book is mine. That's not necessarily true because some are for the nation of Israel, specific promises. But you know what? God has given us as His children countless promises. And they're certain. Without a doubt. Father, thank You for the time tonight. Father, I pray that You might help someone tonight. who's maybe struggling in a specific area. Maybe it is finances. Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's a situation in a family. Maybe there's a spiritual need. Father, may they grab hold of that word, certainly, without a doubt. And Father, just as you were with Moses and just as Moses exercised faith in your word and what you had promised him, Father, we can exercise faith in you tonight as well. And Father, help us to do that. Whether as a believer tonight or maybe someone who's here tonight and they've never been saved, Father, may they exercise that faith in the saving power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and may tonight be their night of salvation. Father, I don't know hearts, I don't know needs tonight, but Father, you sure do. And you have the power, you have the provision, you've given us promises, you give us your presence. And that matters because of the person who you are. And Father, I pray that we'd be encouraged with that tonight. Help us, Lord, in this time of invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Pages at the piano. Friend, the Holy Spirit's worked in your heart tonight. If the Word of God has worked in your heart tonight, when she plays, you come. Just come and bend the knee. This front pew's open. This platform's open. You just come and bend the knee. And say, Lord, thank You for Your certainty. Father, You know what I'm going through, but Lord, by faith, by faith, we're going to get through this. By faith, we're going to endure through this. By faith, we're going to forsake the world by faith we are not going to fear anything whether it's the king or whoever 
we're not going to fear. By faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 